0: We look forward to you taking part in our conversations.
1: Hi, Sandy. Hi, Nat. How's it going? It's good. I'm having a hot cacao chocolate coffee, I guess. It's yummy. Nice.
0: Is that like your regular instant coffee or is that the mushroom coffee? Oh, no, I I can
1: only have, I think we're only allowed one mushroom coffee a day. So this is just, um... What do you mean you're only allowed? Like that's your rule? isn't isn't that the recommended dosage oh
0: I didn't even think of that <laughs> no no
1: I only have I only have one like
0: maybe maybe I have one okay I'm not, I'm okay. not a two coffee person
1: yeah yeah because if maybe. I want like a second coffee in a day then I'll, I'll try not to have another one of those mushroom coffees just because I, 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 I don't know I don't know what I don't know I don't know what's gonna do to me is my brain gonna explode I I don't know I feel like it's probably better than having two
0: regular coffees
1: What, like two mushroom coffees or one mushroom coffee, one not mushroom coffee?
0: Yeah, either. I think having two mushroom coffees is better than any other alternative. I don't think them... Well, whatever. Anyways. (laughs) These are like... Just so you guys know, these are the four sigmatic mushroom coffees. We're not like putting
1: hallucinogenics or whatever in our coffee oh yeah yeah Yeah. like magic mushroom coffee yes yeah I do notice a difference on the mushroom coffee so like my brain is a little sharper um it's easier to focus on a task because you know my brain is a little bit it's a little bit weird weird little brain yeah okay (laughs) all right
0: well good I'm glad you're on your coffee I'm on a mushroom coffee right now and feels good
1: yeah it's nice they're yummy Okay, so before we get
0: started on today's topic, um, we just want to extend a discount code for you guys. Anyone who's going to or looking at going to any of the Wanderlust uh, Festival events. So we have 10% off discount for any of the general admission tickets. So this applies to any of the four-day events, two-day events, or the Wanderlust 108s. And you can do as many of them as you want throughout the entire year of 2019. Um, So we're going to link to that in the show notes and you can go and find that as well just on our the main homepage of our website which is natandsandyoga.com.
1: uh and also we wanted just to link up this wonderful product called the rad balls if you ever had anything that just felt really like knotted and tight and that you couldn't stretch out or if um your clients have, <laughs> for example, your trapezius area. It's really hard to stretch out and really get deep into. Um, these balls are like specifically made to release fascia, so they're made of a specific like texture that doesn't slip out from underneath you. They're made of uh, a special compression where you can sink in a little bit and then it, it sort of digs into your muscles um, and the fascia. So if you were looking for like the perfect myofascial release tool, do take a browse on this website. They have all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, and colors if you're into that, I guess. <laughs> uh, so the link will be up in our show notes as well as our website and they're called Rad Roller and we love them.
0: Okay, so today we're going to talk about the parasymp- parasympathetic nervous system. Mm, I'm going to say, say that it again. Long. Say it again. <laughs> parasympathetic nervous system. It's like it just needs to be shorter. PNS. P S, something like that. I
1: know. Oh, I've heard some places or seen some places refer to it as P S N S and was like,
0: I don't know. It's still a I lot. PNS. The Parasimp? No. Just
1: P simp?
0: P simp? Alright. I'll just I'll just like be tripping over it the whole time because my brain goes faster than my mouth.
1: Yeah, mine too, eh? Yeah. Sucks.
0: Alright, so what is the parasympathetic nervous
1: system so it's a it's basically the second part or like one of the two parts of our autonomic nervous system so the autonomic nervous system is a part of the nervous system that is involuntary so the stuff like your heartbeat your blood pressure um the motility of your gut like how it moves food through the digestive system that's not stuff that you can like think about and do it, it just sort of happens and that, mm-hmm. that's why it's called autonomic um so the parasympathetic and the sympathetic are the two branches of this nervous system and they sort of control different things so why well, don't have you 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 do this one so what are the differences i guess what, what does what does the parasympathetic nervous system do
0: Yeah. So it, the parasympathetic works more towards energy conservation. Um, so mostly kind of slowing down a lot of the processes and actions of the body. Um, so we're talking mostly like when we're talking about this, think of the organs. That's a good way to think of it. So it's controlling uh, sympathetic and parasympathetic both control the body's organs for the most part and then a lot of different processes. But I think organs, like you're not thinking muscular tissues here. You're not thinking that kind of stuff. Um, so let's actually, let's go. I'll have you guys, if you want to look at a little graphic, it's helpful to think of this because the parasympathetic and sympathetic, they both innervate a lot of organs, like both of them. So it's not like one organ has parasympathetic nerves control to it or yeah attached to it or controlling it um, they have both and so your autonomic nervous system is working to kind of um, decide if you need more sympathetic so constricting something or dilating something for example Um, so those would be one is sympathetic one's parasympathetic So.
1: Yeah, so we'll put a link up. I think there's, like, a really good graphic that Nat found that's open source. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll put a link up where you can – it's through ResearchGate. And it's actually – it's it's a simplified um, diagram really similar to the one in, like, my pre-med um, anatomy textbook. Um, so if you've studied any any anatomy, you've probably seen it before. It just shows you, like, the organs and what the system does to it. So if, if it's a parasympathetic, then it would, like, increase um, – GI tract movement if it's sympathetic it decreases GI tract movement and both impact this this one organ
0: mm-hmm. exactly
1: yeah so and then some things you
0: read they talk about the sympathetic more directly to um like increase secretions so you can think of um like salivation increased salivation lacrimation which is crying so the production of tears urination and the kind of like getting it out situation, defecation, (laughs) digestion. Um, So you can think of it from that, that kind of thing, even though sympathetic is going to be associated parasympathetic is going to increase secretion generally with those things um, or increases intestinal gland activity is another way um and then on the other side it kind of relaxes sphincter muscles specifically in the gastrointestinal tract so if you're needing to go to the bathroom that's one and then there's sphincters between other um parts of the digestive tract as well mm-hmm. yeah
1: i i i wonder if that's related to like the travel stress and not being able to poop cuz i know i know a few people oh 100% love that. <laughs>
0: oh Lock up, like, no, like, yeah, I lock up hard.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I know other people that do as I think it's pretty common. I think it's like the the stressed response to travel and unknown situation, the unknown, right? And so um, parasympathetic may not be able to take over when it's, it needs to take over. And those, those sphincters just lock right up.
0: Mm-hmm. Some people are yeah. definitely more sensitive to that. Like why can one person fly? No problem. They're going to have yeah. a couple bowel movements a day and other people are like going to be constipated for days or the entirety of their travel. Who knows if mm. they're just like their feel like they're not comfortable. Yeah. And also of note, like the amount that your parasympathetic system is, is working or coming on to regulate your body's um, processes and the... The work, the working of your organs, workings of your organs, I guess, is it's not the same for everyone, I would say. So where someone um, has more stress, which is going to tend to decrease the amount that the parasympathetic is able to come on, um, you might have different dysfunctions. So I think that's important oh, to say. It's yeah. like not like everyone yeah. who has stress is constipated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: it's like it's it's not that simple like no. if only it were that simple it'd be like much more simple to treat but like the human body just doesn't it doesn't work that way yeah
0: and that's probably like something that is determined by genetics predisposition to like that's, the way your body yeah. handles stress or maybe that's like a learned thing in your family
1: who yeah. knows yeah, yeah. i think be. it could be like a whole combination of mm-hmm. like epigenetics genetics learn things diet is huge all sorts of other things
0: yeah yeah so so the lack of ability for your parasympathetic to come on if you have a more stressful lifestyle looks different in everybody that's Mm. really important yeah um
1: so one thing i just wanted to like point out when you do look at like the diagrams um especially the more intricate ones about the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system um is that the sympathetic nervous system gets kind of a bad rap because it's related to the stress response however if you look at the diagrams, the sympathetic nervous system goes to almost every single organ of your body. Um, in fact, there are many organs that the sympathetic nervous system goes to that the parasympathetic doesn't. Um, like your sweat sweat glands, um, the little muscles in the the back of your arm that raise the hairs up; those are the only th- those only get sympathetic innervation. Um, and I think that like speaks to the necessariness, um, necessity. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh, God, words. It's your necessity. Turn. <laughs> <laughs> the necessity of the the sympathetic nervous system. Um, it, it's so freaking important for you to be able to run away, for you to be able to like have a good stress response. So in another way, you can see, you know, someone with really good ability to turn on their sympathetic nervous system that they're they're just good at they're good at fighting stress you know they have tools available to them to fight stress however you also need to be able to turn that off um and so that ability is is also important and and must also be cultivated to the same degree um So you have to be able to run away from the uh, tiger, uh, words, um, Mm -hmm. as well as, like, sit down and recover from running away from the tiger for you to be, like, a very good, efficient human being, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is, like, sympathetic is bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not the case, like... Um, No, I hope if anyone takes away anything from this podcast is like you need both um, and switching back and forth. um, And it's not like ones on ones off like they're, they're working together like this, this crazy harmony of like some systems being a little bit more in the parasympic parasympathetic tone and a little bit more in the sympathetic tone um in this kind of like flow of back and forth but say you're doing like a really intense physical activity you need to be in sympathetic to get the blood to your muscles um and then afterwards you just need to be able to kind of switch off that response you don't need that, the blood going to your muscles as much and maybe shift a little bit more parasympathetic to get back to recovery, digestion, and all the other good things.
1: Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about stress and the brain. And I know we already said that this system is automatic, but there's sort of like some ways that stress can impact it. Why don't, why don't you take this one, girl? Right. So... I think we said, yeah, you can't think
0: about these processes coming on. Like they are part of the autonomic nervous system because they're they're automatically occurring within your body. You don't think like I have to go to the ba- I want to go to the bathroom now and you're going to go to the bathroom. I mean, you got mad skills if you can do that.
1: Mad skills, <laughs> mad skills. <laughs> I think the other one, like think about like your heart rate. Like you can't make your heart rate decrease just by like just willing by thinking. It. Yeah, you'd have yeah. to
0: have like a change in input which could be the change in your breathing rate or something like that so to just sit and think about it's not going to happen um but stress so like overthinking is a huge piece of stress like not many people are physically um exhausted unless you have like a really physical job like i don't know construction or who knows not me but it's mostly (laughs) yoga teaching yoga if you're doing every posture and you're teaching like five classes a day yeah that would wipe you yes, out me. yeah yeah um but it's mostly mental stress right and a lot mm. of that mental stress is well first thinking in in and of itself it does use energy it uses glucose like it is a process it's not just like this magical thing like you are using energy um and that can create stress and your hypothalamus is is seeing that as a stressor input so your hypothalamus is the one that kind of says like oh yeah we need more sympathetic we need more parasympathetic or like this part of your body needs to be doing this Um, so if it is receiving inputs of stress just even from your thoughts and you have to be physical or anything it will change the way your body is um, creating that balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic
1: yeah so I think we can you can like think about this as like you know like stage fright like right before you're about to go give a like a big presentation or something um your palms get sweaty so we know sweat glands are a sympathetic thing um you might have like a higher heart rate your breathing rate might go up that's all sympathetic and you you literally have just not done anything physical though you're just still sitting on your bum mm-hmm. um and that's like one of those stress responses that happen um just because of thinking Mm
0: -hmm. it's interesting with some of these more digestive things because i think some people like i'm just looking at the that little diagram again um some of them are not super straightforward with like the sympathetic and the parasympathetic again with digestion like retain colon contents is sympathetic and empty colon is parasympathetic delay emptying your bladder is sympathetic empty bladder is parasympathetic both of the parasympathetic empty colon empty bladder are are more of a like a relaxing um a letting go in the bladder and the and the colon but sympathetic is a tightening that can also cause um Like, increased urination, like, more than usual. Um, That can also cause diarrhea in some people as well.
1: Oh, like, because it's being held for too long? Stress poops, because it kind of, like,
0: it squeezes tight all of a sudden, and instead of holding on, it might push it out.
1: Oh, like, almost, like, involuntarily push it out, because it was squeezing so tight interesting yeah yeah just because i've had like i've
0: known some friends who've had some like super stressful things like some people like with grief and crazy kids and like so much stuff going on that they're like i just need to be by a bathroom right now because all of a sudden it's Mm. just like boom i feel squeezed and i have Mm. to go and like i will find if i'm under more stress um i remember before i defended my master's thesis i had to pee like every five minutes like it Mm. was insane you
1: still do nat
0: yeah, I have a tiny bladder, I think, but <laughs> but no, it was insane. Like I had to just make sure it was like the 15 minutes before, just like nope, one more time, nope, one more time, because I don't want to have oh, to go. Man. Like it was yeah. just like this um, contraction, which is actually like making uh, me go to the bathroom instead of it should be just be a holding of the sphincter mm-hmm. tight. But the whole bladder, I think, was just like ooh, squeeze. Have yeah, to go pee. I,
1: I wonder if there's like a maximum threshold to that. Like I want, like I, I think the sympathetic. Um, in the short term like if you're just running away for those first five minutes maybe the bladder is like super nice and tight and then it's like if it prolongs after five minutes then then you're then you're encountering these like issues where you do have to go and you have to like um, let that urine go or or something because I'm just thinking about it in like evolutionary terms Um, usually threats would not persist for longer than who knows, like five to ten minutes. Whereas nowadays, like a, a stress, like anxiety before a performance, anxiety before a big presentation, that that kind of thing can persist for days, right? And and we know that long-term sympathetic tone is very very different than short-term sympathetic tone.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that probably has something to do with it. Yeah,
1: I still will if I'm teaching a, a longer
0: yoga class, like definitely if it's over an hour. I definitely have to go to the bathroom beforehand and like sometimes if it's a new studio or like a class that I'm nervous I don't know why like I'd be nervous for some reason if I'm just like feel like there's a lot going on in my life and I don't feel mentally clear and like Mm. I don't know I just get a little bit stressed out I'm like okay like I just feel it like I have to go to the bathroom right before I just like have to pee get it out
1: yeah yeah just yeah. so, yeah,
0: just so people know, like it's not necessarily like one or the mm-hmm. other, like that holding, that tightening can result in a couple different things.
1: Yeah. Which I think is like the individually individualized part of the the whole anatomy thing, right? Like you don't, we don't really, we don't really know how it's going to, this is like the theory, this is the, the studies, this is the anatomy, but we don't know how it's going to manifest considering your life circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then,
0: anyway. so if you have like that sympathetic staying on, like you said, we're probably not meant to have the sympathetic on in like a, in a huge way. Again, like there's always that balance between the two. You're never supposed to be like hundred percent in parasympathetic, but you're kind of like in both, um, maintaining that homeostasis. So maintaining like your heart rate and your blood pressure, like at a good level, you don't want everything to be super slow. Um, but yeah, so like more of that sympathetic, tone, you would call it, you're starting to affect the body in some more physiological and like biochemical ways, um, by way of slowing the digestive process or not eliminating. Um, you can start to then uptake like excess estrogen and maybe not Mm. assimilate the nutrients properly in your gut. Um, if Mm. that is slowed. So there is like this huge link between stress and, um, I mean, really, like any disease can kind of come out of improper digestion, depending on your genes. It's insane.
1: Yeah, this might be a good place to talk a little bit. I don't, I don't know too much about it, but there's, there's a whole another like chapter that we can talk about the enteric nervous system, mm-hmm. um, which used to be grouped with autonomic nerve. We used to think that digestion just happens. You don't. You, there's nothing you can do to control it. The inputs are within the body, um. And then there's the output. Um, But I think nowadays there's more and more research showing that the enteric nervous system is like a, it's like a system on its own. It's like a little bug that exists on its own and feeds input into your brain. Um, I don't know if it feeds input to your brain though. I think the idea is
0: it almost is like a separate system. Like it doesn't necessarily send all the signals back to the brain for the brain and the hypothalamus to send signals back to it. It's like working on its own.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think they're, they've discovered like nerve impulse, like nerve reflexes within the um, GI tract itself. But I, I think, uh, I just, I don't remember what it was. I, I might have to search it up, but I think there's like certain studies now on like your mood being impacted by your gut. And not like the other way around because we used to think that the hypothalamus controls the gut, right? Like Mm -hmm. the parasympathetic clearly has an input into the gut, but the gut also has an input back into the brain that impacts mood, impacts hormones, impacts a whole bunch of things. Um, Yeah, that's not too sure exactly, but well,
0: that's probably a whole, I think we should do that on a whole other podcast because mood is not just a nervous system signals not just like a firing of a nerve um it can be or it potentially could be it's it can be an imbalance of the nutrients that you're able to take from oh, your food mm-hmm. so that and maybe like, that's the link yeah nutrient like nutrient absorption uh is massive into like how what what hormones are produced and the balance of them in your body and like dopamine and serotonin <laughs> like these things that are like our happy hormones um serotonin is produced in the gut mm-hmm. yeah cool and the melatonin is produced from serotonin and that's what really and i'm sure there's so much more to it but we'll go let's do that in another podcast but yeah there is that brain gut connection most definitely a hundred percent yeah, 100%, yeah.
1: Yeah, anyway, so that's that's something to, I think, uh, just mention. It might not be applicable to a yoga teacher, but it, it's something to think about, right? In, yeah, in terms well, of I, th- I
0: think it is because, I mean, in the online world, you would go on and, like, oh my, there's probably a yoga article for... Anything like, um, I don't know, like (laughs) like any, any like digestive issue and yoga, like, oh, here's some postures for that. Or like, here's some practices for that. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, but like everything can be changed depending on stress and stress is going to change the relationship of that parasympathetic and sympathetic, um, balance, Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah. that so that's like the why of why you'll see those things, as a student or a teacher. Like, why do people say this shit? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so confusing sometimes. Like, how do you know that posture is going to like help with? I don't even know, like, fertility or something like that.
1: Yeah, but then the other thing I would say to that is like, how do you know that it doesn't? Right? Like, yeah. Are I'm- there studies that show it doesn't? But are there studies that show it doesn't? No, there there are none. So. I don't know. You just can't. Well, there, but I don't think you can like,
0: you can't write an article saying that something does something. If there has to be some proof that it does work. That's just the way our scientific world works.
1: Yeah. But I mean, like it's different in the yoga sphere. Like Iyengar wrote his whole light on yoga with tons of those claims, tons. Every single thing has like, Oh, the effects are, you know, regulates your glands and stuff like that. Like all sorts of those things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like, I I just take it with a grain of salt. Like, maybe it does work. Maybe for someone out there, it does. And right. I I just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> See, but true. I think like knowing the why of why it might work is important. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. It might work, but also like yeah, it might not as well. Yeah. It might be a pseudoscientific kind of thing.
0: Yeah. And we'll talk about that. Um. Okay. So can we have both working at once? I think we kind of covered that. Do you want to talk into that a little bit more?
1: um so this one we're we're a little bit gray area so i I referred to my textbooks and all that but um i'm not too sure about how the actual system um fires so i know that of course the neurons fire a signal down they receive the they um excrete a neurotransmitter to impact the cells that they're impacting so the gut cells for instance um from what i understand both systems sort of always have like a low level tone just like your muscles always have like a very low level nervous system stimulation very very low level um and and that just happens like all day every day all the time and it's only after that that input into the muscle or into the gut like reaches a threshold then the muscle or the cell is turned on so in a physiological way from what i understand it is on both at once it's just not on enough to do anything if that makes sense like it's not enough to make a, a muscle contract it's not enough to make the um the gut begin to move um and so the hypothalamus has this sort of it, it just sort of like increases this or decreases that increases this increases that um to play with that idea of like maintaining your body's homeostasis like the the cardiac um homeostasis for instance is really important or to achieve Um, whatever it wants to do so if it wants to make you poop then it increases parasympathetic to the gut but maybe it decreases um parasympathetic to your heart or something i'm not too sure but maybe it it does sort of these interplays depending on body part and depending on threshold Mm -hmm. um yeah so i think it's a lot more complicated than a lot of the more popular um yoga and anatomy websites put it out as um and just to understand that there there's a interplay between systems um both nervous systems innervate many organs and it it all sort of has a tone to it it sort of has like a little bit of activity but maybe it's not enough to elicit an actual response so i don't know if you can say that it's off yeah i don't know if that's like technically correct yeah so like as a whole body system both are always on to some extent in some
0: places and some organs and smooth muscle etc cetera, in your body uh, yeah and exactly. at a specific system um it's probably different to be like is it a balance or is one more on generally and then the other one kicks on stronger to create something so and like again let's go like the the empty and empty colon so pooping um like your sympathetic retains the colon contents like that's going to be more on all the time until your body receives an input and it's like having sensory input from your digestive system being like okay you got a good amount of waste here let's get rid of this and then it's going to relax your sphincter poop happens. But you can't yeah, be like exactly. you want that sympathetic to be on. You want to to retain the colon contents because like oh, other yeah. otherwise <laughs> like every time your digestive system spits a little bit more in there, you're gonna be going to the bathroom all the time or just me wearing a diaper. Not necessary. <laughs> so yeah, it's I like sympathetic it's, maybe yeah. more on there until it receives the inputs and sympathetic is just like okay, we're gonna shut you down for like however long it takes to go to the bathroom. Boom, turn this parasympathetic on and Maybe when you're having those constipation issues, that's where the disconnect is happening. Your hypothalamus isn't able to correctly communicate that information.
1: Yeah, maybe, Maybe depending on the nature of your uh, constipation.
0: Yeah. Well, generally, it's like you can't relax. So it's like the relaxation of the descending colon.
1: I just can't believe how many times we've talked about poop on this podcast.
0: It's so universal. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone does it. Hopefully, everyone does it.
1: (laughs) All right. So just quickly, where is, I think we sort of answered this. So where is the parasympathetic nervous system?
0: Mm, So it's part of the central nervous system or it originates from the central nervous system. Central nervous system is just your brain and your spinal cord. So all you see those diagrams with, like, the nerves coming out of your spine there. Um, parasympathetic is a little more in the cervical spine, and in there's, like, S2 through S4 in the sacrum. Mm-hmm. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so parasympathetic is craniosacral.
0: Yeah, and then the sympathetic is the... What is it? Thiracal lumbar. Thiracal lumbar. That's why I was like, what is the other yeah. word? Words. <laughs> so your like middle spine, mid-back, low-back is where those um, nerves for the sympathetic are exiting, but they just mm-hmm. kind of like exit from those areas and then they go to the same organs again. You'll have both nerves at one organ for, for most places.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and then we're mm-hmm. just back to that same thing. Like the sympathetic does go farther. It goes to many more places than mm-hmm. the sympathetic goes like sympathetic is basically limited to the the viscera some blood vessels but not all um your organs within your abdomen and your thorax and in your head of course so it, it's it's like less widely distributed mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. be easier if you just didn't have a parasympathetic, and you just had a sympathetic, where certain things would turn on and off. But I guess like yeah. it's the off that you don't want because <laughs> like yeah, it's like the <laughs> balance.
1: I think yeah, I think that's exactly it. Like if you just turn down sympathetic, that's not necessarily good. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to like hold your poop still most of the time, whereas and so, and that like once in a while when you do poop the sympathetic just parasympathetic so just shoots up right mm-hmm. yeah it makes sense it's almost like having
0: a heating system in your house and an air conditioner at the same time
1: mm. kind of
0: and like you turn one on more to make it more dominant that's like how my brain yeah. is working right now where it's like why can't you just have heat and then you turn that down and it yeah gets, it's like turn down Cooler. turn yeah. down the sympathetic to release the contents of your bowels but it doesn't work that way it seems it's no. like it just goes off maybe i don't know anyways i
1: think it's more like a threshold right like there's right. more parasympathetic so you poop um but it, it you can't lose the sympathetic yeah i think anyway it's a finely run system finely tuned it is <laughs> All right, so how can we start to work with it? How can we as practitioners and yoga teachers work with this? Um, Actually, let's just
0: cover one more thing first. Well, yeah, maybe you're going the same place. I just want to go over like in the daytime when one is a little more dominant, and this is like pretty general. Um, But during when you're sleeping, your parasympathetic is more dominant. Now, keep in mind, you're not shitting the bed. Like your sympathetic is still there. Those automatic processes to hold the contents of your bowels and your urine, etc. Cetera, et cetera, are there. But you just have less input. Like so your eyes are closed, um, which is like a huge sensory input to tell your brain what to do. You're in a warm place, which is more, so- hopefully, more soothing for your parasympathetic. So it's generally a more parasympathetic dominant um whatever balance mm-hmm. yeah and yeah like that's when a lot of digestion and assimilation occurs all that good stuff when you're awake healing you have, yeah a lot of healing mm-hmm. um then when you're awake you're i wouldn't like i hesitate to say sympathetic dominant but you're gonna have more sympathetic
1: tone yeah i'd say that's fair yeah because you have a lot your of eyes are open yeah your heart has to beat a little faster yeah i think so yeah exactly um and the other thing to think about when you're when you're sleeping, technically your brain is offline, so the entire nervous system, to a certain extent, is down. It's it's just like the computer has shut down, mm-hmm. but there's still something running in the background to make sure parts don't fly off of the computer. I guess. Yeah, but it's <laughs> interesting though.
0: Like I would love to hear studies, or I'm sure there are studies about like the effects of your dreams on your nervous system true because yeah. like you can
1: have a crazy stressful dream and wake up in a sweat oh, right and your heart's beating. i do so or so mad i get so mad sometimes <sighs> in my dreams like so angry like why did you do that to me <laughs> seriously who's doing things to you i don't know i just woke up what, what was it i think i was like fighting aliens i was so mad at them Like, why why did you invade why wow and could you like
0: train <laughs> could you train yourself to be more calm in your dreams because sometimes i'm super chill about the crazy <laughs> shit like i dream every night um and they're weird like they're so not normal they're so weird um it's rare that i have a bad one where i wake up or i talk in my sleep or something but like it does happen um yeah i just wonder I if you know. can like cause sometimes i am more chill I'm like oh yeah that's happening yeah that's fine it's totally normal
1: for that's interesting my eh? flying car to break down in the middle of a desert I'm like I'm chill <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is
0: anyways Freaking aliens. someone anyway. like if someone's like a dream studying person and you have I don't know if you look at the <laughs> parasympathetic nervous system please send us an email we would love that
1: Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to be more chill while I fight aliens. That would be a that would be a goal. Yes, Yes. yeah. All right. (laughs) Where are we? All right. I'm
0: just looking at little notes. Did you want to say anything about that? I think
1: we kind of covered a lot. Um, I think we covered a lot of that. Um, Let's talk about the study. This really, really cool. 2016, so it's still pretty recent. Um, now this is a study on 26 healthy young people, so it's not, it's not like none. No study is perfectly conclusive, but this is like, this is one I wanted to point to just because it was really interesting, um, and it was about um, exercise and how music helped these participants get back into parasympathetic nervous system tone faster after a bout of exercise. So. Normally, if you if you go and you do a good amount of exercise, your system has to ramp up into sympathetic nervous system. Your heart rate has to increase, your pupils get a little bit bigger, um, your muscles get more blood flow, your digestion stops—not um, not completely, but it, it slows down compared to sympathetic. Uh, sorry, parasympathetic nervous system tone. Um, so athletes who train, they can sort of after their exercise, they can go back down to pns very quickly and the theory is that they don't waste any energy pumping excess blood into the system when they don't have to so they're more efficient their Their hearts don't have to work as hard um and they can sort of navigate the system of pns sns quite quite well um however if they stop training of course they lose the quickness of getting into parasympathetic nervous system um It's also been found that people with cardiovascular issues, so um, heart issues, heart or blood vessel issues, the transition of getting into PNS is blunted. So it's slower. Um, And there's even been um, sudden cardiac death after exercise has been associated with a decrease of PNS activation, um, which is very interesting. You always hear about those ultra marathoners who suddenly drop dead because of a heart event after their exercise. Um, so it could be something to look at as a practitioner. Um, so these um, researchers have postulated that the PNS reactivation after exercise is actually cardioprotective. It's protecting your heart from working too hard when it doesn't have to. And and after a good amount of exercise where it already has worked hard. Um, so they found that listening to music and sitting so not laying down but sitting and listening to music helps these participants get in into pns faster um which is cardio protective as i talked about and is um probably going to be more energy efficient as well that's yeah. super cool yeah i think it's super cool because they also had people pick their own music, which is also really cool because then they just sort of self-identify with what relaxes them, what they like. Um, so like for those people who just like heavy metal, like if that relaxes them, like honestly, then put it on. Because if that helps your heart rate decrease, if that helps you protect your heart and get into your PNS better, um, better, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. The faster you can get into it, the better. Um, And this just leads me back to that idea of like a strong nervous system. I I don't know if you can like strengthen your nervous system, like you can strengthen a muscle. I think what you can strengthen is your flexibility of your nervous system. So this ability to go into sympathetic tone and then back down into parasympathetic tone after your exercise quite quickly. I think that, that sort of flexibility going up and down, up and down is much more important than whatever a strong nervous system looks like, um, which these people have demonstrated music is is one input that can help you.
0: Yeah. That's a really interesting for teachers just to think about music in the classroom or like classroom studio, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. that place where we practice, how you choose your music. Like, is it super enjoyable for you, but your students don't enjoy it. And I wouldn't worry too much about that because you'll, students will come um, based on what they like. So they'll move around and find the teachers that kind of fit what they need. Um, But like, are you playing music in Shavasana Uh or not? And like, is that helpful or is that not helpful? Notice like maybe very, be very attuned to the song that's playing in your Shavasana. So instead of it just being like a random on your Spotify is on shuffle. Like, be mm. like this is um, more commonly like very relaxing to people. And again, it's not going to work mm-hmm. for everyone. Like you say, yeah. people can be more relaxed listening to other things. And this kind of is the inner workings of the limbic system, which is like a quite a few different components of the brain um, that are kind of associated with memory and emotions Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so, so like you might, that person who really relaxes to heavy metal music, that, that can be something that's associated with like really happy times in their life. And that makes yeah. them happy and relaxed. So, like your, your state, your emotional state has to do with how um, your limbic system is kind of receiving this information. And it, it does include the hypothalamus, which is controlling the autonomic nervous system. So I'm trying to think where I'm going with that.
1: (laughs) I think it's just, yeah. Emotions. Yeah. Emotions, like leaving enough time for the emotions to help you get into it is, is really Mm -hmm. good.
0: So considering like not just, um, if you're setting yourself up for a meditation or something, which is an excellent practice to kind of be able to shift more into the, like use more parasympathetic tone. Um, are you going to use music? Is that really stressful to be in silence for you when you're starting your practice? Maybe you use, maybe you do use some music. Maybe it's easier for you to have a guided meditation than just sitting in silence. Because Mm -hmm. is that like a comforting practice for you to have a little bit of music and it can be something that is calming or maybe makes you actually happy? Maybe it's like slightly enjoyable.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's an enjoyable is important, like we said about the limbic system having this like direct input into your PNS and its ability to to increase PNS tone. Um, this just brings me to so I last summer, well, 2018 summer, um, I trained in New York City, and if you know if you've ever been to New York City, the pace is very fast. There's lots of people, lots of things are happening, um, and it's just generally very high stress. Uh, And the yoga studio I trained at sort of, it, it met people where they are. And I, I totally, totally understood that. Um, It just, so if you come from a high stress and you're just used to the high stress and you've adapted to it and you're, you're fast paced and that gives you comfort, then a slow, slow, you know, yin yoga class is going to make you super uncomfortable. Some people, for some people, Uh it's going to make them super uncomfortable. Yeah. So. This yoga studio addressed that and said, okay, you're going to walk in here. We're going to play hip-hop really loud. We're going to move really fast, and then we're going to rest. Once all that, like, sort of excitable energy is out of use, we're going to meet you where your energy is. And that just, like, when I was there, it just totally made sense. Like, it felt so good in my body to do that. Um, Living there was a completely different experience from living in my life here. (laughs) So I I think that's just sort of that thing that, like, you don't know where – people come from unless you're living in their shoes so to create the perfect yoga practice for everyone is 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 actually very impossible um and so you just sort of have to do your best if you know that people are coming from a high stress job and um they need to get rid of some of that stagnant energy and they're only comfortable if they're doing a lot of things before they can slow down then maybe it's okay to address that you know it might be okay to start your class a little bit faster maybe the centering is a little bit faster and then increase the shavasana at the end once that energy is out Um, or maybe not maybe you come from a sleepy little town and everyone moves slow and you have to take your time in order to pick up the pace then that's okay as well right Uh, it just depends yeah yeah absolutely
0: like especially when you're talking about The nervous system again like you google shit and it's just like all these articles articles about slowing down doing less um and there's like yes of of course that needs to be done but the mechanism by which you get people there like the path doesn't necessarily be like come into your class super chill everything's super slow there's people that are going to need that and they're going to go to their yin they're going to go to their restorative gentle hatha um like a more calming hatha is fine there's people who their mental energy is just it needs to be expressed physically first to mm-hmm. literally exhaust the the brain like the all of those that's me. things that are holding. Yeah, yeah. So there's nothing yeah. wrong. There's no right or wrong way to go about shifting into the parasympathetic, I think. And I think that's really important for teachers yeah. to take away instead of like, oh, we don't want to stimulate the sympathetic too much because you're always in it. It's like, no. No. Sometimes you need to like crush people. <laughs> More or less. Like I did a class. Like
1: not in a bad way. Yeah. No, I
0: did a class last night. Um, The last one that I'm subbing, it's 8.30 to 9.45 p.m. Um, Mm. And after you and I talked a little bit about cortisol, which is a a later episode that we have, I was like, okay, we're going to get to it. We're going to do some work. And then we're going to come down and we're going to stay down for like a longer chunk of time instead of slowly getting there. So I'm like, downward facing dog, let's do it. Um, And we... (laughs) <laughs> took, I'm trying to think, uh, so it was 45 minutes, no, it was an hour and 15 minutes, 50, about 50 minutes um, of work of like standing mostly, mm. standing postures. And, but I kind of like ramped it really quickly and got them really warm. And then I started to almost like reverse it. Like I, I did do some low lunge work, but I started to slow it down a little bit with the vinyasas, like more towards mm. the middle and then slowed it down a little bit more. Um, I came like up and down a few times and then it was like 10 minutes. I think it was a solid 10 minutes on the ground, supine posture. So like some twists mm-hmm. that were held good, like two to three minutes each.
1: Oh, nice. And then
0: 15 minutes for Shavasana or Shavasana and, med- wow. and meditation. Yeah. That's Lousy. like huge, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. To,
0: and people just, I think they liked it, but it was one of those classes where like everyone, yeah. no one said a word after and just like zombied yeah. out of class. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, that's because it was like 945. I'm like, I'm going
0: to give you guys yeah. what you need to decrease cortisol and increase melatonin. Because I think, yeah, like, let's just go to it. And people were dropping out of postures, like in the core flow of the of the thing. Mm-hmm. Like I made it hard enough. They like they got their work. Um, like not everyone was going down, but people that were more tired were like, okay, I'm going to do this a different way. (laughs) So like I exhausted them and then I like gave Mm -hmm. them that rest and that like more time to shift into parasympathetic, which is what's necessary to go to sleep at night. Yeah. It was was juicy. I'm like, I'm into that. Like I got to do that more. And I think it's, especially at that time of day, it's like a a little more responsible way to, to teach
1: yeah 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 and it, it's different like if you were to teach a morning class um like what, w- what would you do differently yeah i
0: would i definitely start slower in the morning mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah so it's it's just different yeah and i might yeah. i'm
0: not gonna give them like i only do one morning right now most of the mornings i do are only an hour so i'm going like max seven minutes shavasana like five to seven minutes because mm-hmm. i don't want them to be too chill like they got to do stuff um yeah if they want yeah. more than that they're gonna go to a yin class or something and i just do a hatha one right now i've done some kind of like vinyasas and the powers that i teach are not that early they're like 10 or something usually so people are more awake but yeah like you're taking a little bit more time the body's stiffer getting into the warming part of the practice mm-hmm. yeah yeah okay
1: so, I think we're going to we're going to link to a a good YouTube video um on our top five ways of active, activating the parasympathetic nervous system within a yoga practice. Um with the understanding that activating the PNS is going to be very different depending just like the choice of music is going to be very different depending on your personal um history and and what you like and what helps your limbic system activate. So, um be sure to check in our show notes and and we'll have that video available for you. Um, But before we sign off, we just wanted to give you a few really good tips about creating for yourself or for your students a parasympathetic nervous system practice at home or in the office or wherever wherever it is at your studio um, that helps you be able to transition into that state a little bit easier. Well, one of the things, how do you know you're in that state for one? Yeah, it's,
0: I mean, at first when you start, doing this, you are not necessarily going to get there instantly. It's like training to run a certain pace or something like it is work and it is practice. So, but eventually it will feel like just a general relaxed state. Um, you might Mm -hmm. notice your breath is a little bit, longer, less shallow. Um, I wouldn't worry too much about that because generally the natural breath is quite shallow in most people. So don't bring too much strain to the breath, but you might sense your heart rate. You might be able to feel that in your body and maybe you can feel that that's slower. Um, just like a, a general sense of calm or slowing down, like just the sound of like a sigh, like a body sigh.
1: (laughs) yeah it's so hard for me to even explain it i think when i'm in parasympathetic it's like it's like wearing sunglasses on your brain it's like everything's a little bit dimmer Mm -hmm. a little bit slower and my reaction time is so like don't throw anything at me like i will not catch it i just don't care enough like Mm -hmm. that reflex is not there (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) there's yeah
0: it also doesn't necessarily mean that your thoughts stop
1: no no it doesn't but for me it feels like i'm just i'm like woozy i'm slow
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: and it's definitely like
0: takes like i said takes time to get there to be able to if you have a lot going on too well we'll give you some tips for kind of how to trick your brain to not think about the things to do um (laughs) yeah so first yeah oh go ahead go
1: ahead well in our youtube video we'll have some really practical ways of doing a pranayama um and other brain tricks to, to help you get into PNS. But I think for now, um, what, what, what helps you relax is going to be unique. So it's, it's about finding the music or no music that, that helps you feel safe. Mm-hmm. helps you feel like at home and comfortable. Um, and then I know a lot of people say like meditation, um, helps get you into parasympathetic nervous system. But for a lot of people, meditation is really stressful. It's hard to sit in meditation. Um, so we would say choose a, a practice and a posture that actually allows you to relax. So even if you're laying on the ground, um, to to let that be the one. So that, that's, that's going to be your meditation posture for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And set yourself up in a space that you feel
0: comfortable. And it's different for everyone. Like I, when I was a geologist, I actually had an office with a closed door in my window or like my... Yeah, I guess my, the glass that connected me to the rest of the office was that kind of like fogged glass, that stuff that you can't see through. I was so lucky. I was like one of the only people at yeah. this office. So I would just close the door, lock it, put my legs up the wall. Mm. And that for me was like just five minutes at the start of my lunchtime. Nice. Um, that might be something that you have access to. Of course, if you like work at Starbucks, like that's not happening. <laughs> Maybe you just can't do it during work and that's fine. Like I'm not saying everyone can do it at work. So for those people that have that opportunity, maybe you take that um, at home. Yeah. It can be difficult, especially living in the city. Like I'm, I get so frustrated with videos and articles that are just like, clean out a room in your house and you're like
1: well oh I know like, <laughs> what do you mean
0: a room yeah. there's
1: only one
0: <laughs> I, I live in yeah I live in a loft like it's legit one room besides the bathroom not going in there but like yeah. just try and get a space even if it's not the size of a yoga mat like one wall where you can sit with your back up against it maybe so you're maybe you're in a seat if that minute like that kind of helps you relax or maybe legs up the wall or maybe just Maybe you just lie down on your bed, although you want to be careful to not. I I kind of do like separating it from your sleeping space. So if possible, maybe you just sit up against on your bed with your back to the wall. If you have a what's it called,
1: um, headboard.
0: Yes, if you have a headboard that's long enough, or just the back to the wall. So just like creating yeah. creating a space that is comfortable and. Um, it doesn't always have to be the same. Like people can get a little bit too locked into, I've, I've had that experience. I get too locked into like use this space. And then once it gets cluttered or we're like moving things mm. or doing all the renovations we've done that I don't have my space and I can't do it.
1: Yeah. So yeah. try and then and, you think you can only do it in that space Yeah. Where you can actually do it other yeah. spaces. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, I think, I think for me it's, it's, I don't mind meditation leading into sleep I think this is part of that idea of like everything has to be progressed right especially if you've never done something like this before or you have people who've never done this before then their most familiarity with the parasympathetic nervous system is gonna be sleep so that's the only way they're gonna know that they're transitioning mm-hmm. into this knowingly like like uh, uh awareness like with awareness transitioning into parasympathetic nervous system so i think it's okay to start in a situation where you can like fully relax and go to sleep i think that's all right but then to understand that it doesn't have to be limited to that so um maybe step one is yes you do five minutes before you go to bed of really trying to breathe really trying to do a few postures doing one of the things we recommend in the youtube video about um the parasympathetic nervous system and then going to sleep and then practice that until you're good at it for like two three months and then take it into another situation take it onto a yoga mat where you're sitting up can you still achieve that same state of mind if you can't okay lay down and go back a half a step all right Mm -hmm. cool you got that then go back up another step and introduce if you were always in a dark room then introduce some light that changes that changes the sensory input. Now it's going to be harder for you to transit into parasympathetic nervous system, you know, and, and to continually it's like lifting weights. You don't start with a 20 pound weight. You start with a five and then you slowly, slowly work your way up to 20 and then 20 becomes easy. And, and it shouldn't it shouldn't be it shouldn't be that thing that causes you more stress. Right. That's just not the point. Mm-hmm. So to give yourself enough time to practice it and to transition into it when you're not stressed. If you're already pre-stressed, that that like it's really hard to unless you're super duper trained to do it um, to get into that. And we were talking about this before, like in a super um, stressful situation, like let's say a car accident. You know, people say like breathe or before before a big presentation, everyone's like, okay, take ten breaths. Um, that only really works if you if you sort of have this background of being able to transition to it when you're not stressed, I mean like how can you tra- like it, it just doesn't make sense. How can you lift a 20 pound dumbbell if you've never lifted a one pound dumbbell, if you've never mm-hmm. lifted anything, how can you transition into parasympathetic nervous system if your nervous system has never done that when it's light out, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think the pro progress and like, m- consciously monitoring your progress in order to be able to handle a stressful situation with that lessened stress is mm-hmm. important um and then the last thing i just wanted to say was about how um your nervous system can actually it can circumvent any of this so if you are very stressed and you're trying to breathe and relax it's sort of like it's like pouring acid on your hand and just thinking like no i'm relaxed i'm relaxed like no matter what your body's going to react to that acid it's going to be like holy mother of god like i need to take my hand away because there's acid and it's burning and and everything needs to go on 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 um so it it's really hard to circumvent the physical reality you're in but it is possible to mediate the effects especially if it's not something as as stressful as like acid hand Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stuff like that (laughs) yeah and the
0: like i think one of the key takeaways is what you're saying is to, you're not doing this to succeed. You're not, um, and we say like how to create a parasympathetic nervous practice. Don't go into it thinking that, just go into it thinking like, I'm going to sit in this position and be quiet or with my favorite music or Mm, using this breath technique for five minutes. That's what I'm doing. I'm not Mm -hmm. winning. I'm not like...
1: (laughs) yeah 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 i'm not achieving i'm not
0: achieving i'm just gonna sit and like uh, i teach a lot of corporate yoga i'm like we're just gonna sit for like three minutes like call it meditation Mm. call it whatever you want i don't want to give it a name half the time because i don't want to think of like the doing like oh my mind has to be clear Mm. that crap like no you're just gonna sit close your eyes or whatever put a sandbag over your eyes or Ear plugs in so you don't hear the busyness of the city or whatever it is so you're just like pausing is yeah. kind of like the the main part so like choose choose a place and and I didn't mention like you can sit up in a chair because like sitting on the floor cross-legged or whatever it is is not comfortable you can back to the wall sit in a chair close your eyes whatever position to start allow you to just like pause mm-hmm. and start to shift without that expectation
1: yeah I wonder if it might be a good thing to do, like, after work, like, before you get home from the office to, like, take a little bit of time and decompress a little bit. I wonder if that's, you know, when I used to work mm-hmm. a full-time job, like, I always really liked my commute because I'd put in my earbuds and I'd listen to some music and then I wouldn't think about anything. And I'd just be on, like, on the the, um, the bus or the subway. Um, and then I'd always go home and I'd feel better. I wonder mm-hmm. if that's something to do with it. I don't know. Yeah, like... Most people, that
0: last hour to two hours of your work day, you're already thinking about what you're going to make for dinner
1: or what <laughs> yeah. you have to,
0: if you have kids, like, oh, so-and-so's got to go to this practice and
1: mm-hmm.
0: this person's got to do this. I got to pick up the thing for the thing tomorrow, right? You're transitioning mm-hmm. to like your to-do list for the evening. So yeah, if you have the opportunity to sit in like, a bus, sit on a bus sit on the metro whatever and you can close your eyes if you have a long enough ride you can even close your eyes for five minutes oh, so or just nice. kind of soften your gaze and put some tunes in and try not to take in that um, external sim- stimulus
1: mm-hmm.
0: or getting home if you drive your car i love sometimes i just turn off the car do not have your phone near you. Um, like just you're not going on your phone and just close your eyes for five. Yeah. You can put a little timer on. That's like an honestly yeah. an excellent place because when you're in your car, the only thing you're going to be doing is driving. And if you're not yeah. driving, you're not doing anything. Yeah, actually, I good. really yeah. like that's a really good thing. I'm going to do that yeah. a little bit more. So yeah. there are like these little places and spaces we can find to do. It. it doesn't have to look like an empty room with a yoga mat and like little cactus Mm. things everywhere and (laughs) scented candles like mm -mm, no
1: (laughs) I mean I actually have a lot of cactuses at home you would you would
0: no they're great I don't have any because I kill everything do you really well, I got one plant that's still kicking. Actually, it's doing really well. But I just know oh. we've had like so much dust in here from doing renovations on this place. Oh, insane! Okay. This is like not my priority right now. But yeah, if you have a gorgeous oh. room with little cacti all over the place and a couple <laughs> yoga mats down, just like spread eagle diagonal on the floor and do your thing. <laughs> all the power to you. But it doesn't have to look like that.
1: No. No, it doesn't.
0: Make it small. Make it really like obtainable.
1: Yeah, make it achievable. I think the for me, it's like that progress idea is lift the one pound weight before you lift the 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. I think that's pretty much all I want to cover.
1: I know. I think so, too. I think yeah. we have to do a pretty good, thorough job, I think. There's a I lot hope. of
0: areas that I want to tangent over to and we'll talk about, like, just like the emotions and the limbic system and... Mm. Uh, Maybe that connection between stress, stress and digestion, like you can pull a lot of stuff through that. And then maybe more about like, um, the physical manipulation of the body, like asana, of course, yoga asana and how some of those, we'll see if we can find some research, maybe dig something up about different postural techniques and the, um, parasympathetic tone or just like, Mm. or breath techniques in general. Um, yeah right now I feel like, like, yeah, this, it's quite in, is... individual i think but like maybe there's some stuff out there and if you guys have anything um to add in that way like some resources that you use send them our way the link to contact us is in the show notes and again that youtube video link is in the show notes as well
1: absolutely yeah,
0: yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate every single one of you um, joining in on our little nerdy conversations. I hope you can take something away from this, whether you're a teacher or trainer, maybe some things to consider for your manuals or um, just being able to talk to your students about this stuff or have a better understanding for yourself so you can teach more clearly.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll hang out soon. Okay.